Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, an evangelical pastor describes his ferocious battles with demons. And a man was like seven feet tall, and he sat in the front row and glared at me, and he came running at me with his fist. He said, I'm going to kill you. And I, I stepped aside, and I touched him on the end of the nose and said, no, in the name of Jesus Christ, you're leaving now. And he crashed to the floor, and I prayed with him there, and he was set free. This podcast is brought to you by BrightBiz. If you own a business or you've dreamed of starting one, there's a helpful free guide with 36 business power tools proven to boost sales, increase income, simplify your life, and give you better results with less effort. Best of all, this business toolbox is yours absolutely free. And these are useful online tools that make doing almost anything a lot easier. Just visit freebusinesstoolbox.com and grab your free copy. Yeah, I know there are a lot of websites that offer you a special deal on something, but then they stick you in some recurring program. But this isn't like that. There's no hidden thing to try. BrightBiz is giving away this guide free of charge as a means of putting their best foot forward. But all good things must come to an end. So don't wait. Grab your free guide today. Visit freebusinesstoolbox.com. Freebusinesstoolbox.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Happy Woden's Day, friends. You know, of course, that Wednesday is named after the Nordic god Woden, and he was the god of war. Everybody knows that. But I just learned Woden was also the god of learning and poetry and magic. I didn't know that. And now get this. His wife's name, Woden's wife's name, was Frigg. Interesting name, to say the least. I guess she'd say, Woden, take out the garbage, and he'd say, Frigg, and I guess the name just stuck. You know, I always usually record this podcast in the evening, after the twins are in bed and it's nice and quiet in the house. But honestly, but honestly, I deliberately scheduled this interview in the middle of the day because the topic is pretty scary. And because we're into uh, Easter season, Orthodox Easter is April, um, April 8th, we have been burning a lot of incense in the house, or lavani, as we say in Greek. So I came into my little studio just a few minutes ago, and I burned some, it's called dragon's blood. And if you don't know about dragon's blood, it's incense. It's a, it's a dark resin, and it comes from the rattan palm tree in Southeast Asia. And um, it's used for treating wounds and, and uh, healing intestinal disorders and things like that. But it can be burned on a little charcoal briquette that I have in here to, uh, to enhance productivity. And uh, it's great to use in your office space. But this resin creates a, a really nice mood in the atmosphere along with emitting a, it's a heavenly fragrance. It's also great for protection and, and uh, getting rid of bad vibes. 
And why did I go to all of this trouble to record in the middle of the day and cleanse the studio with incense? Because we're talking demons on this episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. I met my guest maybe uh, 10 or 12 years ago. He lives not too far from here, about an hour west up in Orangeville. He has a small little ministry up there and he's an evangelical pastor, very busy guy. Not good busy though. I mean, well, good in the sense that he's doing the Lord's work. It's essential work, but not the kind of job I'd want. His phone is constantly ringing. He's constantly getting emails from people who desperately need his help with demon problems. They have demons in their houses. They have demons in their places of work. They have friends and loved ones who they believe are possessed by demons. The Reverend Gordon Williams is a spirit-filled evangelist, pastor, teacher, and writer who preaches the full gospel. He operates in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's performed countless exorcisms on both individuals and buildings. After graduating from Waterloo Lutheran University back in 1964, he then went on to Princeton, where he graduated from the Theological Seminary in 1967. He was ordained by the United Church of Canada that same year. He uh, presently is ordained with the Evangelical Church Ministerial Fellowship of Canada and the Pentecostal Churches of Canada. The name of his monthly newsletter really sums up his ministry, Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And along with his recent book, Victory Over the Kingdom of Darkness, he's published two other books, Like a Rushing Mighty Wind and Day by Day with the Holy Spirit. Reverend Gordon Williams, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Ah, very well. Thank you, Richard. It's been a while since we've uh, last chatted, but for those who uh, don't know your story, uh, tell us about your ministry, first of all. Well, my ministry, uh, I have been both a pastor and a, an evangelist, and in that work we do a lot of, of uh, helping people who have had their lives in, uh, well, uh, disturbed uh, uh, by evil spirits, demons, and we've been able to set those people free, both from their homes and when they have been possessed. And how do people typically uh, ap approach you uh, when they or a loved one uh, suspects they are under uh, demonic oppression or possession? Well, some people will see figures, uh, can be people or odd-looking things, in their own, like in their home, uh, that will be disturbing them or their children. Uh, they will move things around in their house. Uh, they can cause sickness um, to the people that they are um, haunting or possessing. And uh, they do not come to do good things. They come off from pretending to be somebody that they know who has died. So, and so it's, yeah. In other words, people who believe that they are seeing the spirit of a dead relative or believe they have a ghost in their house are mistaken. Yep. It's not a ghost. It's not the spirit of a loved one. It is a demonic possession. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, they can also possess animals, believe it or not, uh, but they can also affect the birth of children. How so? Um, when you say affect the birth of children, well, they can cause they can cause they can cause deformities in the child when at birth. I'll give you a for instance. When I was pastoring in and pastoring in Brampton, I married a young couple, and uh, they a young man called me one day because he, he said if 
he thought his family were crazy because they said that his father-in-law, who had died, was visiting them in their home. And he thought they were just completely crazy. So uh, he was uh, waiting for his wife and his mother-in-law to come home. And he fell asleep on the couch in their living room. And he heard somebody walking down the hallway. He looked up, and it was the image of his father-in-law who died. He jumped out and ran out of there as fast as he could. And so um, they asked, well, they asked me to, to if I could get rid of it, and I said, yes, I can. However, she was pregnant, and when the baby was born a few months later, it had six congenital defects, had a hole in its heart, uh, hair, hair lip, uh, um, what's the other thing that goes with that? Uh, hips were out of joint, feet were out of joint. And uh, did he have anything? The doctor said, there's nothing we can do. The baby is going to die. So they called me at the, just after the baby was born. And so I, I went to the hospital at midnight because I find that's the best time to deal with these things when there's nobody else around. And so I asked a nurse to uncover the oxygen tent. And so I could lay hands on it after I took authority. So I commanded the, this evil spirit to, spirit to leave this baby and go to the abyss. It left immediately. Now, I went home, uh, uh, and I got a frantic call at I guess 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the mother was crying on the phone. She said, please come to the hospital. So I thought, oh, the baby died. Went there, and in fact, that's not what happened at all. When the nurse came to check the baby that morning, he found that there was nothing wrong with the child. Uh, the hair lip was gone, the uh, hip joints were gone, the whole, well, it turned out after the x ray, the heart was perfect, the body was perfect. And so the only, they thought somebody had switched babies. And so they did an x ray of the, uh, of the foot, and it was the same baby. And so we just recently I had a similar thing happen to a family who had uh, twins born, and they called for help, and we were able to get the the results of the demons out of them, and the babies are normal now, and they're growing. They'd be over well, I guess about a year now, year and a half old now. So these things will invade people's homes, and they will start to cause problems with the people there. Sometimes sickness. Uh, sometimes they'll hurt you. Uh, I've gone through uh, stores <laughs> where they obviously and restaurants where they had uh, spirits there. And and somebody said, "Well, these things can talk to you, by the way, and, and they lie about who they are." <laughs> right. They they'll try <laughs> and, uh, and pretend they are the the spirit of a dead relative. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. And uh, in fact, uh, just recently. Oh, you know, the interesting thing about them is you can photograph them if you have a digital camera. And I have photographs of some. In fact, I found, I, just uh, two weeks ago, I found an email that had been sent to me two years ago uh, from, uh, um, oh, um, oh, dear, uh, from, oh, I'm trying to, uh, uh, and it had six pictures of demons um, 
following a man and a woman where they lived. And the Netherlands is where they were. And so uh, it was two, two years ago, but when, uh, when I checked on what was happening, the woman had already died. These things come to eventually kill people. How do they do that? How do they, how do they kill? Well, they can strangle you. They can throw you downstairs. Uh, uh, one of the first times I had to deal with this kind of a problem, I was uh, pastoring a church in Englishtown, New Jersey, and a new family moved to town. And when they moved into town, the first night they were in their new house, they had not been able to unpack. And uh, the three little girls were in one room, and they came out at about midnight crying and screaming about something in the in the closet. Well, they went out there to check, and they couldn't see anything in the closet. But they started hearing voices in the place. And they'd hear... And one one time, the the woman was putting some clothes away up in their uh, walk-in attic. And this voice said to her, would you like to see Jesus? And she said, oh, yeah. And he said, it said, jump out the window. Mm. So she caught herself halfway out the window. Then she realized, this is crazy. And she talked to her pastor about it. He said, oh, it's your imagination. Well, I, we're having a joint service with his, that church, and she happened to be sitting next to my wife and explained to my wife what was going on. She said, you better talk to my husband. And so I went there and went through the house, got rid of them, and prayed with the, the husband and wife to become Christians so that they could not be possessed. And, how, and there's only a certain... Yeah. Now, how, 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 how do you command a demon to leave a house or a body? Well, it's as simple as saying, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. And we have to send them to a place called the abyss. Now, the only kind of a Christian or pastor that can do this is one who has not only has been has asked Jesus to be their Savior and Lord, but who have also received what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where God's Holy Spirit comes into a person uh, and guides that person in doing whatever he or she should be doing in their life and in terms of serving Jesus. So, so, so a lot of people who go to church who have not had this experience, and most pastors sort of well, deny that it's, it's, it's well or it happens today when in fact it does. And without that, we have no protection. So how do you so, feel then, uh, Reverend Williams, about the Catholic rite of exorcism? Uh, it doesn't seem to be very effective. <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> uh, see, uh, I, I've actually, I, I remember uh, I, a few years ago, I got a call from a family. Uh, they, uh, the husband owns a, 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 a construction company, built houses. And they moved into, they built their, their dream house. Now, they had three children. Uh, at that point, they were uh, 18, 20, and 22, I think, in that range. And they moved into the new house, and the first night, they didn't realize this evil spirit demon is there and drags the, each of the children out of their beds and throws them under their bed. Oh, dear Lord. And, and weird things started happening, furniture is being moved, and she called for a local priest up in Barrie, because they had a, a large this home out in the country. And the priest went through there and came running out and said, I'm never going back in there again. <laughs> the Catholic priest and ran so, out. The Catholic priest ran out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
and I've seen that for other non non Catholic uh, uh, pastors too, who have, do not have the authority to get rid of them. And so uh, we have to give what we call the full gospel treatment. <laughs> that means Jesus says you must be born again of water and the Spirit. Now, water means you have your sins forgiven. Spirit means you receive God's Holy Spirit in your heart, and you have authority over the um, the well. The, the 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 demonic world. Right now, so demonic um, presence, a, a demonic presence in a house or a building, mm-hmm. is is far more yes. common than some someone actually being possessed themselves. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Or they, yeah, they and they they think they've they've done something bad or wrong themselves. Now, I'll tell you, the largest building I've done was a six six story building. Uh, um, uh, in uh, Quito, Ecuador, uh, the people who owned it uh, had it was complete, beautiful building, beautiful um, <laughs> rooms throughout it, and uh, they couldn't sell one 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 of the um, their the well the apartments. And um, they were told, oh, it was because there's probably this um, cemetery across the way and the spirits come out of there. And I said, no, it's nothing to do with that. <laughs> and uh, so I, they asked me to go through the whole building, which I did room by room, elevators, parking lot in the basement, everything. And then uh, one of the brothers were coming with me to a meeting. And we were 20 minutes away. His brother phoned and said, we, we do believe this. We just sold two condominiums. Hmm. Now, when you went, they can, they can af- when you yeah. go through that building, this building in Quito, Ecuador, yeah. are you able to to see these entities, or do you simply feel sometimes, their presence? Sometimes they show themselves. What are, sometimes they show themselves. What do they look like? Yeah. Well, they can look like real people. Uh, I tell you, there was a a, um, a Catholic bookstore on Young Street. Uh, this goes back uh, uh, back some years ago. Uh, the people who owned it were friends of ours, and uh, it was a, like they had the, the the main floor and five storage levels. And in the middle of the night, somehow a water pipe broke inside the wall, which the fire department said was impossible, and poured water out through the main floor right out on the street, Young Street. And so they called me and they said, we think we've got a problem here. Uh, this is not normal that this should happen. And so I said, okay, I'll go through the building, but I don't want anybody in there because often if there's somebody there, they can get pushed, hurt, hit, who knows what can happen to them. And so I started with the main floor and, it's, and they had a, a stairway that went up the side from floor to floor. <clears throat> and when I got to the, heading up to the last floor, standing at the top, was a black figure that looked like well, he it, um, it looked like he was like a monk with a, a you know peaked hat, you know how sort of like the uh, uh, you know kind of say. Anyway, standing at the top and looking at me with two blazing red eyes, and I said, "Oh, there you are!" I said, "I've been looking for you. I'm now telling commander you go to the abyss and stay there in Jesus' name." It started to talk. I said, "No, you're going to leave without any flint sock. You're going now, gone." And so I asked the Holy Spirit to fill the place and give, uh, and, and, and so 
so there are no more problems with this. It's that simple. Um, it, it, had, it's sim- it, it's that simple. It, it, yes, it's that simple. If you ha- are the certain kind of Christian that I described, most pastors are not. That's why they can sp- uh, they can uh, explain away the, 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 the scriptures as if they don't happen today. That's not true. Now, when I think of a typical, uh, when I think uh, of a typical demonic possession, uh, Reverend Williams, I think <laughs> of. Yeah. Uh, someone who starts speaking in a foreign language, they start levitating, they have superhuman strength, uh, they have a very foul mouth. Have you encountered a case like that? that same way. They're all like that. <laughs> They're all like that. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Listen, uh, uh, I have been pushed downstairs uh, one in a house that had the demons living in there for over a hundred years in Shallow Lake, Ontario. That's where my wife's from. Had nothing to do, had nothing to do with that. <laughs> However, one of my nieces was working in the post office there, and her, her friend came in and told her about. She was scared because her five-year-old son was having visitations by some kind of a spirit that he said lives in the ground but and brings his and brings his friends who live in the ground but they're not like dead people and so they she had been terrified because that that same evil spirit demon had tortured her when she was five years of age and throughout the living in the house there are five generations there so i went up i i I contacted them and said i'll be up there and so i talked with her and while well, she had her son there, and and I said, now then, for your protection, we're going to have to pray that you let Jesus Christ be your Savior and Lord. And she said, we'll do anything that's necessary. So I prayed with them first. Then I went. To, I said to them, don't come in. Even any, if you hear any noises, do not come in the building. And so I was going through the the, the house, and then I opened the door, and it went into an. Un, I thought it was a closet. I, I it was it went down to an unfinished basement. And I started to go down there, and I got pushed right down on my face about seven or eight steps and landed on some stones and got a bit of a, uh, a little bit of blood coming up, but that didn't matter. I, got, I, said, I commanded it to leave, and it left. Okay, how sometimes about, there's more than one in a place. Right. Yeah. But how about when, a, when an Go individual, ahead. when a person is possessed, do they in fact uh, levitate? Do they speak in foreign languages? Do they demonstrate psychic okay, ability? I've got to just explain something to you. Part of the Christian life is when you actually receive God's Holy Spirit, He gives you a legitimate language that's spoken in the world someplace in the day or in the past. I have had my language interpreted uh, at one time in a church in Florida, and they were also uh, using the same building as, as a um, as an ex- a group of people who had uh, come from Brazil. And I don't speak Spanish or whatever Brazilian no, is Portuguese. But anyway, Portuguese. I, I at the at the big service in the morning, uh, we prayed for several hundred people. And when I pray with them, I pray in English, and the Lord has given me a language. It's called, well, it's a national language. It's often called tongues. Tongues is the old English word for languages. So it's not a weird thing. He can give us any language that's, well, today there are, what, 7,201 languages in the world. And he can give us any one of those languages to, to make, to make, as for communication. 
Uh, now, this is the demons will try to imitate that by some nonsense language or something. I don't know. Anytime I I don't let them talk to me. I just tell them to shut up. Oh no, I'm not that rude. I say I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus to leave, and you're going to leave right now. And they do. And when we send them to this place, they cannot come back. It's one-way traffic for them. And so we've got a lot of people who are being abused by these, and they have pastors who don't know a thing about it. In fact, my first uh, introduction to, to national television in Canada was when the movie The Exorcist was released. I was asked by the... the uh, um, uh, uh, to be a guest on uh, Canada AM, and I went and I watched that movie. Now a lot of there's some exaggeration there, but a lot of that was very accurate. A woman called me uh, after some a while after I don't know a few weeks afterward because she went to see that movie and what she saw on the screen was what was happening to her three-year-old daughter in their home. And she almost had a breakdown over this because she couldn't find anybody to help. And she saw um, a, a part of my, I guess my review was in the Toronto Star. She, she called me and, I, I, and she, I said, I want you to bring your child to my office first. This little kid could curse and swear worse than any minor that I ever worked with in Northern, in, in Kirkland Lake, Ontario. Hmm. And, uh, and when I went to her she, uh, she was in her bed crib without moving an inch she was bouncing like a basketball cursing and swearing at me and I, so I commanded this thing to leave her in the name of Jesus and go to the abyss and it left and she became a normal child and I had the pleasure several years later to officiate at her marriage ah. <laughs> and she's got she, she works for a friend of ours who well, was working with 100 Huntley Street, uh, but he's no longer with him. So these things will imitate a lot of things. And because we have pastors that don't know what the Bible really says, it, it, people are victimized over and over again. I had an interesting one. Um, I got a call. Uh, well, I was asked to speak at the Toronto Ministerial Association, which were a couple hundred pastors from different denominations and I was talking asked to talk about this this question and uh, I got a call from one of the Baptist ministers he said Gordon I think you're crazy God doesn't do that in but we can't do that and we got to all this I said well I, I I said I'm sorry you feel that way but you're telling me you don't really believe what's in the Bible and you're supposed that's supposed to be your main textbook but three days later I got a phone call from him again saying he said I thought you're crazy until my niece came uh, came to, uh, she was a student at um, um, at Waterloo University, and she was in one of the residences there, and she came, packed up, and got out of there because in their chapel, they had this this spirit floating around like a like a, 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 a what do you call it? A, a dirigible balloon, <laughs> and disturbing. <laughs> any kind of worship that he tried to do. And so she explained this to her uncle, and he, that's when he called me. He said, <clears throat> I said, let me talk to her. So she she described it. And she said, if you don't believe me, you can talk. I'll give you the number of the, the president of our Christian group there, 
and he can tell you. So I called him, and he said, he told me the same thing. And they, they were all packing up to leave, and I said, don't go anyplace. He said, I'm coming over at midnight. I want you and your group to be there. And while I go in there, I want you to pray, okay? And I said, no matter what you hear in there, don't come in. So I go in there, and this thing is literally like floating around. <laughs> and I said, oh, there you are. I've been looking for you. <laughs> and I said, I, I started to command it to leave in Jesus' name. It started to, to go around in circles uh, like a whirlwind. And they had uh, lights on uh, with, with the long uh, chains coming down from the ceiling. I mean, it was all twirling around. And I said, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to leave right now in Jesus' name. And they left. Hmm. It left. It left. And see, when we send it to the abyss, they cannot return. For instance, Jesus uh, met a, a man who was a very, I guess, a very strong man who was, uh, uh, and he was frightening everybody around. And, and Jesus went to him and he said, uh, to Jesus, are you here to send me to the abyss before my time, or our time? And he said, <laughs> he said he wanted to give Jesus an alternative. He said, there are a bunch of 200 pigs over there. Let me go into the pigs. And Jesus said, sure, go over there. Well, they went to the pigs, and the pigs ran down in the Lake of Galilee, and they all got drowned, and the, the demon went to the abyss. <laughs> and that's what I call Jesus' uh, recipe for deviled ham. <laughs> 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 Deviled ham, indeed. Uh, pigs are actually uh, an incredibly smart animal. So are dogs, of course. Would you like to develop your dog's hidden intelligence and eliminate bad behavior and create the obedient, well-behaved pet of your dreams? A woman named Adrian Ferricelli, a professional certified dog trainer, has helped hundreds of dog owners train their dogs to be well-behaved, obedient, loving pets by bringing out the hidden intelligence inside the dogs. You can quickly eliminate any behavioral problem your dog has, no matter how badly you think it's ingrained, no matter what kind of dog you have. The science behind this is simple. You may have heard of neuroplasticity in the human brain. Our brains are capable of learning new behaviors. Well, your dog's brain has the same plasticity. With the right mental stimulation that Adrian teaches, any dog's brain will become more open and receptive to learning new information. Your dog will listen to you and understand what you want to do. When this happens, bad behaviors simply fade away as more desirable ones appear in their place. So if you want to check out this remarkable dog training system, just visit realbusinessbargains.com. That's realbusinessbargains.com. realbusinessbargains.com. Theoretical physicists say that there's as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Or something like that. I'll ask Richard later. The Reverend Gordon Williams is with me. We're talking about spiritual warfare and demonic infestations. What about superhuman strength? Have you witnessed that? Yes, we can. Be, yes, I have. I had a. I was at a meeting up in a, up in Sudbury, and a man was like seven feet tall. Came in, and he sat in the front row and glared at me through. Well, we were there for a week, and the last Sunday, uh, when I. 
uh, gave him an invitation for people to come prepare. He got up and walked out in the high, high school auditorium, went out one door, came in the other, and he came running at me with his fist. He says, I'm going to kill you. And I, I stepped aside. <laughs> this is crazy. I stepped aside, and I touched him on the end of the nose and said, no, in the name of Jesus Christ, you're leaving now. And he crashed to the floor, and... I prayed with him there, and he was set free. He contacted me later and told me that when he was seven years old, something came inside of him, made him do, it hurt people, and 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 that's and people just thought he was crazy. Um, there was a, uh, I got a call from a, a friend of my minister, who had a call from his friend who had a son, who weighed about 150 pounds and superhuman strength. He could lift up a loaded transport trailer. And he only weighed about 155 pounds and drop it then. Now, I couldn't even lift the tire up. <laughs> <laughs> your, your friend, and, a, a pastor, did he witness this? Uh, no, he didn't want to be there. <laughs> but the father came, <laughs> who was also a pastor. And so uh, when, when I walked in, I, I met him in my friend's church. And he was sitting in the front pew when I walked in. And I said to him, are you John? That's not his real name. I said, are you name? And he growled at me, yes. I said, okay, John, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you want to be set free? He growled at me and said, yes. Now, you see, not everybody that's possessed wants to be set free. And thirdly, I said, okay, are you willing to let Jesus Christ be your Savior and Lord receive what we call the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He growled at me again and said, yes. So I told him to stand up, and I took him over to the front of the church, and I asked him the three, same three questions. He growled at me, and after the third one, he said, does this mean I have to speak in tongues? I said, no, I didn't even say that. I didn't mention that word. But they know what that means, that anyone who speaks in a tongues language given by the Holy Spirit, they have to obey us. And so I commanded this thing to leave, his father was standing about five feet away, and all of a sudden he fell on the floor backwards. And, and uh, I, I went over and I said, what happened? He said, that thing pushed me over as it was leaving. And so um, um, I, I gave him some instructions on what to do. Uh, he did those, and my friend who had recommended him, uh, we had dinner with him and his wife, and he was telling me, he said, remember that young man? He said, he's doing well. He said, he's gone back to school, he's going to be in university and uh, he is following, uh, and I said, and do you know why he's doing well? I said, no, why? He said, because he's following the instructions you gave him. Hmm. It, and so we're seeing, all the time we're seeing the people set free. Well, how many demons are there? They're, they don't seem to be in short supply. And how do they get here? Well, uh, that's interesting because I wrote, that's something I wrote in my latest book. <laughs> victory <laughs> over I'll the kingdom, copy, victim, the victory over the kingdom of darkness. Yes. Yes. Yeah, oh, you have a copy. I you? do indeed, sir. Okay, that will tell you. Uh, now, I had a theory for a lot of years, but I had no way uh, how to, you know, to, no proof of it. Put it that way. And I had this theory that somehow or other. They were, well, the word is invented. This is a biblical word for it. Invented by people. Sometimes um, intentionally, other times without knowing it. For instance, when Moses got the Ten Commandments from God, 
And when he was up in there on the mountain, uh, the people of Israel got a little antsy there, and they wanted a, 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 an idol. And so they got it all together. Now, it sounds like the, Moses' brother uh, made this thing out of gold. But he said no. And he explained it later on in the scripture. He said, no, this thing came out of the gold by itself. And so um, my, one of my sons found a book printed by Reader's Digest in 1942 that confirmed my thoughts. In Tibet, there is a group, some kind of a, um, a, um, a tribe up there that invents demons that we would call, in, well, it's, the word they use and the word in the scripture is invent. Paul says this also in, this, in, in Romans, but uh, it's been, translation's not been accurate. It just says uh, we invent evil things, but it, it means just more than thinking can Well, I've heard of this. And it's, so, it's um, they call it in, in Tibet, uh, it's called a tulpa, a T-U-L-P-A, yes, and this is a thought form. You have a thought form, and it becomes, it becomes manifest. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a little more than that. There's a, there's a, uh, the article that I read, which I have in the book here, a French uh, scientist heard about this, and she went there and spent, uh, I think, three years with them before they would show her how to do this. She invented one, which like a, she said it was like a teddy bear, and then it turned on her and got vicious. Hmm. And so there is more to this than people realize that, you know, you know, you know the movies Ghostbusters. Yes, you've seen them, I'm sure. Oh yes, many times. Have you? Yes, many times. Okay, well, because interesting, if you look closely at those movies, you know that under the under the under the city, the green stuff's moving around. Yes, yes, the slime, <laughs> and that's created by the but by the by the people, and that's what they say. You see. And and so, of course, if we could get rid of them as easy as they did in the movie, that would be <laughs> all right. But that's not the case at all. And so we there's a certain kind of Christian whom Jesus describes. Uh, can we can get rid of these things? They can challenge us. They'll try to kill us sometimes. Uh, but whatever happens, we we have, still have authority to stop them. But I would I would have thought, Reverend Williams, that demons would have somehow been the creation of the devil. No, no, the devil doesn't have that power. This is this is a mistaken thing. That's the devil is a fallen angel, and he is limited to what he can do. For instance, uh, he's called the prince of the power of the air. Now, Prince of the Power of the Air, now in Greek there are two words for air. One is from the, the surface of the earth to the highest mountain, which would be Mount Everest. And so that's his territory. He cannot go above that. Uh, he used to be able to do that, go up and report on us and how bad we were. But no, his job is to tempt us, test us, just like Jesus was tempted, and to see if we're going to be faithful to Jesus. And uh, the, and and uh, that can be a little <laughs> wearing on us at times, but nevertheless, because you see, most people want to believe that the devil is the one who is um, testing them all the time, but it's not, because Jesus says that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And so, yeah, 
And, and so we got this wrong understanding. The devil is limited. He's a fallen angel. He can do a lot of things, even kill us if we're not careful. But, but we're also told in the scripture that if the devil comes to you, just rebuke him and he flees, he runs away. We have authority, Jesus tells us, to cast out demons. So demons are when, the, pr- pr- the product of a, a human thought form. Uh, human sin, yeah. But we, th- yeah, we, think, we think them into existence. Is that the idea? Well, it, 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 I don't see. I, we do, but we, we don't always, how to put this, uh, I think some people recognize it. Other people mostly do not, like those guys up in Tibet. They knew their word, their word that for those, their, those, in, those things they invent is the same word for daemon in our language. Now, when you went to seminary school, yeah. you went. You were in New Jersey, right? You went to Princeton. Yeah, I went to Princeton. Yeah, Princeton. Yeah. Did they teach you any of this stuff? Well, actually, uh, very little about it. But I'll tell you, my first encounter with this kind of a problem was I was passing a church in New Jersey, and a woman started to call me like oh ten times a day, and I didn't know who she was, so I finally went to see her. And I and and uh, she was telling me about this something up in the corner that was causing her torment and hurting her and do all sorts of things. I couldn't see anything, and so I just uh, she went. I, I wouldn't even let me pray with her, so I took off. Before I got home, she was calling again. I went back a second time. Went through the same thing, except this time I didn't try to pray. I wanted to give her a Bible. She you know she cursed me and told me to get out. And went, before I was getting home again, she was calling. My, my, oh. So finally, I called one of my friends from seminary who was in a church locally there, and he said, oh, Gordon, it sounds like a simple case of demon possession. And I said, Dennis, you know I don't believe in that sort of thing. He said, well, if you want to help that woman, you better at least act as if you did. <laughs> so his grades weren't any better than mine, so I called <laughs> our prof- one of our profs, who was doing work with the New Jersey Neuropsychiatric Institute. So I called him at his office, and he said, I, I told him, I, got, I ran across this problem, and he said, well, Tell me the symptoms. And I, I told him, he said, oh, Gordon, it's a simple case of demon possession. I said, what? I mean, this is really, this is very real. I deal with him here at the hospital often. And uh, so he gave me the names of some books, uh, and I read those, and then I was ready for the next one. And it wasn't be very much longer when I started getting some calls from people who were obviously being tormented or having problems in their homes. And your, uh, and your phone hasn't stopped ringing since? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, well, right here, right in town here in, uh, in, in Orangeville, um, there's a woman there who called me this ago, about six months ago. She was advised by a friend of mine to give a, call me. She had pictures of the demons in her apartment. Hmm. And so I went there and got rid of them for her. But since she's living in a, um, uh, an apartment building, she had no control of who could come in or out of the meetings, or in or out of a bu- building. And so I had to go back a second time and get rid of the, the new ones that came by. Uh, so uh, we can look at, you know, help people who, well, sort of permanently um, when they, uh, when we deal with the demons they have, or the, we call them evil spirits, whichever you want to call them, the same thing. Yeah, so it's, it's an ongoing thing. Um, 
a, a couple that I married in when I was in Brampton, uh, they had a, a, a place in Guelph, a house they bought. And from the, uh, she came to call me one day, in, well, just in, a, in tears. And I hadn't seen them for like, and she, they'd been living in this house for 16 years. And she said, I'm going crazy here. This, you got so I, I told her to come to my office. And she told me she got with several pastors and some of these people who on television say they deal with demons sort of thing. And nothing. At 6 o'clock in the morning, this, what looked like a little man, would walk into her, first of all, into her daughter's bedroom and, and poke her in the arm, wake her up and then go into her mother's bedroom and father's bedroom and do the same thing there. This is going on for 16 years. And she, they'd call the pastors, they called various people, you know, called stuff, they couldn't do a thing. And I said to her, listen, uh, I can come over and get rid of them tomorrow. And she said, you're trying to tell me after 16 years you can walk in there? I said, yes. I said, those people didn't know what they were talking about. And so I went there and I didn't, I told them, don't be in the house when I come there. It, it arrived at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. So I was sitting there waiting, and sure enough, it walks through the door, not opening it. <laughs> and I, it was short-looking old man. I said, listen, I said, there you are. I've been looking for you. And now I said, I'm going to kind of tell you right now, you're leaving right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're going to the abyss, and you're going to stay there. So goodbye. It turned around and left. And they've had peace in the house for now. That's well, it's been more than that, 20 years probably. So if someone has a, every, sorry, if someone has a demon problem, Reverend Williams, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, just call my phone number, <laughs> which uh, the uh, office number is 519-940-9197. Uh, uh, you can get me by email, g-o-r-d-w-e-a at rogers.com. And uh, yes, uh, because I get so, I'll be kind here, ticked off with clergy that don't know their ability, they don't know the gospel, they don't know what authority we have, and unless they have received what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, then, and in fact, we can't even live the Christian life as described. That's why many people stop going to churches. See, we're supposed to be a place of, uh, Jesus says, of signs, wonders, and miracles. And I get calls from people all around, around, literally, no exaggeration here. I get calls from people from other countries all around the world asking for help. Mm. And it's that, it's, and there are clergy there that don't want to believe the things that are in the New Testament of the Bible. And with that, they leave their people stranded and they stop going to churches. I get, I get calls from people, oh, oh my goodness, looking for a church that has miracles, and they're hard to find these days. Your book, Victory Over the Kingdom of Darkness, how do we get a hold of that? Yeah. Well, all they can phone me or, or um, um, uh, email me or even could, could they contact you to refer me. <laughs> sure, absolutely. And what's, and what's the phone number yeah, again? Be, yeah, my office number is 519 940 9197. Uh, and my email you have. <laughs> that's right. Gord, W E A at Rogers.com. Gord, W E A at Rogers.com. Reverend Williams, always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. 
It's always good talking to you. <laughs> All right. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. All right, so now after that discussion, I'm not so sure I want to dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs. Do you know what I mean? Hey, JFK assassination sleuths, I have a great episode in store for you Friday. Uh, But first, uh, let me remind you about this uh, weekly draw that we're doing here. That's coming up Friday as well. Your chance to win a copy of my Strange Planet CD, either volume one or two. Sometimes I give away both in one shot. And if you want to participate, simply rate and review this podcast. Grab a screenshot of that, email it to me at richardserrett1 at gmail.com. Don't forget to include your full name and mailing address. Your name goes into the novelty-sized cheese puffs jar, and as I say, I draw a name every Friday. Good luck. You know, uh, good health isn't a matter of good luck. You need to work at it. It's a process. And thankfully, my friends at Life Extension have so many great health-enhancing products to assist you on your journey. Take, for instance, Life Extension's Mega Green Tea Extract, which provides powerful antioxidant effects throughout the body. Green tea contains health-promoting polyphenols, including a powerful antioxidant, which has been the subject of extensive scientific research. Pour on these multiple health benefits. Green tea is a powerful antioxidant. It supports cell membrane integrity, boosts liver detoxification, enhances immune function, and helps maintain healthy blood cholesterol, LDL and triglyceride levels, and much more. Life Extension's Mega Green Tea Extract is decaffeinated, yet it contains more polyphenols in one capsule than seven cups of green tea. The Chinese have used green tea for therapeutic purposes since 2000 BC. More recently, volumes of published scientific findings attest to its multiple health benefits. One capsule a day of mega green tea extract is all you need. Give your body what it needs. Order right now from Life Extension and save 25%. Just go to smartclickidea.com. That's smartclickidea.com. Smartclickidea.com. So, you'll want to be listening this Friday. Broadcaster, author, composer Brent Holland will be here with his list of 10 compelling proofs, not theories, not speculation, but actual proofs that JFK was the victim of a conspiracy. Can't wait. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 